0: Everybody hear me? All right. Uh, This is the easy part right here. I just got to ask a question. (laughs) I was thinking about the question for this week, and I wanted to make it something pretty funny. And I got to think, it said, what have you said that just as soon as you said it, you went, oh, can't believe I did that. I've said a lot of dumb things in my 60 years, and I've got a good one to tell you today, but that's the question, if you're willing to say it. When have you said something that just immediately you went, boy, that was stupid? All right, so we'll take our break now and come back and answer our question. Thanks, guys. Huh? Huh? I can't hear you. Okay, so who wants to go first? John does. (laughs) John's got the microphone today. He's a microphone man. Uh, I didn't say this, but I observed it. Um, And someone asked somebody else how many months pregnant they were, and they weren't pregnant. (laughs) Who does that? (laughs) <laughs> oh, come on. We've all said something stupid before. No, no. Never. All right, a I'll go. Guys. There's a lot of guys in here. I'm sure they said stuff to their wives. It's too to Just ask your wives. Well, I got a good one for you. I ain't, I ain't worried about it. <clears throat> When my my kids were teenagers, Sharon canned everything she'd get her hands on. They had to just to feed those munch monsters. But I come in off a road, I don't know, it was four or five o'clock in the morning, and uh, I laid down, I woke up. I could hear her and Kelly in the kitchen, and they were canning. So I get up, I get me a cup of coffee, and they're in there in the kitchen work. I don't know what they were, I can't remember what they were doing, but they were talking about pickling stuff. I'm sitting there in my coffee and they go, you know what? I know what would be good pickled. And they said, what's that? And I went, cucumbers. (laughs) (laughs) I told you it was a good one. (laughs) Sharon busted laughing. And Kelly goes, duh, Dad. (laughs) But anyhow, I I tell you that because... uh, It's going to be relative to this message today, but good morning. I look forward to coming up here and talking to you guys every time God gives me a chance to do it. Uh, Sharon says that you guys look forward to it because I'm so quick. But But what God wants us to do is more important than what you or I want to do. It's how we're called to live our lives, by doing His will, by following what He would have us to do. And it can be very challenging at times, extremely challenging. But today's text, we're going to be in Luke's Gospel, chapter 22, verses 54 to 62. And just to set the scene, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane where he went to pray before Judas betrayed him. A lot's happened since Jesus and the twelve gathered to eat the Passover meal. Uh, he's already told Peter, said, you will deny me three times before the rooster crows. And Peter vehemently denied saying he, he, he would never deny Christ. And also Jesus had, had gone off to pray you need to come back and wake these guys up. You know, guys, you've been with him for three years. When he goes to pray, I think it's a pretty good idea to pray. No, they're acting like I do on Sunday night with a full-belly snooze city, you know? And and, and I, I just wonder how, if you ever doubt the love of Christ... Look how frustrated he must have been. Here he is getting ready to lose his life for us. And you come back and your your best friends, your disciples, are sitting there snoozing. But we'll get into our text here. Chapter 22 in Luke, starting with verse 54. Now this is when they come to arrest him. It says, Having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with him. But he denied him, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, You also are of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, "Man, I do not know what you are saying." Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, "Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times." So Peter went out and wept bitterly. And I, I think about about that. And the Lord turned. And looked at him. Could you imagine? Standing there denying the Savior of the world. Where he could turn around and look at you. Like, thanks a lot, bud. You know? I just can't imagine. All right, but by now you're probably wondering, all right, well, what's the point of this message? And the point of this is backsliding. Backsliding. Something unfortunately I'm very familiar with. Now you already know my story about my backsliding, getting saved, backsliding, falling into drunkenness in a world of sin, but praise God, He pulled me up out of that. He saved me, again, when I didn't deserve it. But I think it's important that we realize No one is immune to backsliding. Not our pastor, not you or me, not anyone. It's a condition we almost guard against. You can go to church and be backslidden. I was. So many people sit and listen to a preacher, but still live an unfulfilled life of sin when they leave the church doors. Too many Christians are only Christians in church. We almost praise and worship King Jesus 24-7. Living a spirit-filled life is not something we can put on and take off. It's a lifestyle that we have to live every day. You see, Peter thought, Peter never thought he would deny Jesus in the first place. It says here in Mark 14.31. Now this is Peter speaking. He said, but he spoke more vehemently. If I have to die with you, I will not deny you. That's pretty strong words. But what did Peter do just a little while later? So it's a, it's a condition we have to guard against, as I said. One of these days they'll make arthritis- free paper. <laughs> so I think Peter really thought he would rather deny, die than deny. When the rubber hit the road, it was a different story. You see, when we decide to accept Jesus as our Savior, none of us think we'll turn our back on him, but some of us do. I did. We allow our fire and our passion to go out of our lives. We start following at a distance just as Peter did. You see, Peter was in fear for his life. So he says, I'm not, I'm not going to be up there right next to him. When at that point in time in his life and in our lives, right next to Jesus is where we got to be. Because He's going to protect us, he's going to save us. But we start falling at a distance and before you know it, we lose sight of the Lord. Now there's nothing wrong with going on vacation. There's nothing wrong with going playing a golf tournament. There's nothing wrong with doing going to the races or whatever. I'm not saying that if you're not in church every time the doors are open that you're falling at a distance. That's not what I'm saying. But don't fall so far back that you lose sight of the Lord and what He's got for you. So we hurry up and catch up. Then we lay off the throttle and we fall back again. And the next thing you know, we'll lose ourselves in the ways of the world if we're not careful. Now, as I said, we don't plan on this, but we have to remember the devil hates us with a passion because we are saved, born again, children of God the devil wants to see us screw up he lies to us, he uses deceit small things and this, this is a personal example it used to get me when I first got saved your buddies will call you up and say, hey dude, let's go out and get something to eat hey, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with going out and eating with your friends, is there? Sure, you're a Christian now, but you've known these guys for years. So you go. You can still be friends, you think. And they pull into Hooters. You know? Now, I'm not saying that Hooters ain't got good chicken wings. Because they do. And they got some pretty good sandwiches. As you can tell. But bam, the devil's got you. As soon as you walk in them doors. Because he's going to plant a seed in your mind. You can't unsee the things that you see that you've got no business as a Christian looking at. I've been saved. Rededicated to Jesus. Jesus over six years now and when I was backslidden and before I got saved I saw a lot of images a lot of stuff that I didn't have no business seeing but you know what the devil keeps popping back into my head time and time again I can't tell you how many times I'm going down the road in that truck and out of nowhere I mean I won't have the radio on I'll just be sitting there driving And all of a sudden, it's like, boom. Oh, Jesus, please forgive me. I don't know why I thought about that. Please, Lord, in your name, I'm sorry. Happens to me a lot. So when you pull in the hooters, what do you do? Rest assured, your non-believing so-called buddies are watching. They're watching what you will do. Will you compromise your faith? You know you shouldn't be there. Will you put Jesus first in your life? Jesus are the kids. Jesus are your job. Jesus are your hobbies. Every time you put something or someone before Jesus, you take a step away. And when we take a step away, we can't help but listen to the evil one's justification. Because he's going to be right there whispering in your ear. Beware of this. Because one small step can lead to a big backslider. So how do we avoid this? We stay grounded in the Word. We stay grounded in prayer. We stay away from the temptations of the evil one. When you watch TV... What are you watching on TV? (laughs) When a cat comes up and you're not a cat person, what do you do? (laughs) I had a feeling the back of my legs are going to get clawed. So, what do you do when you watch TV? Are you watching this show, everybody? I've never seen it. I saw a clip of it, so I decided I didn't want to watch it. But are you watching this TV show where everybody watches called Yellowstone? Or does your wife make you watch Andy Griffith over and over <laughs> and over again? I have seen every episode of Andy Griffith. And I am convinced that Barney Fife is dumber than I am. And that's going some. Well, you listen to on the radio. When I traveled around Boston, I used to listen to WEEI all the time. From the time I could get to the first radio station to when I ran out of range. I'm a sports guy, so, you know, I like to listen to sports. But they had to quit it because a lot of the content wasn't wasn't Jesus approved. I still want to know about my favorite teams, you know. I still want to know about the Sox and the Bruins and the Celtics and the Patriots. But I don't need to know what the Patriots' favorite strip club is. So I just don't listen. I pick up a newspaper. Or I look it up online. You would be embarrassed to watch or to hear something. And this is what I use. But if you'd be embarrassed to watch or hear something with well, Jesus is sitting there with you. And you better quit and learn how to don't. Cuz if you're embarrassed to do it see it in front of the Lord, you ain't got no business doing it. Be forgiving as Christ forgave us. When you forgive someone that slams a door in the devil's face. Took me a long time to realize this. A long time. I could not forgive the person that caused me to backslide. I couldn't. Nope. I had no use for that person. I didn't want to talk to him. I didn't want to see him. I did nothing. Till Jesus saved me and again, and He made me realize that it was burning a hole in my gut. And I had not totally surrendered to him because I could not forgive myself. Because I'm the person that caused me to backslide. I can point fingers at everybody and their brother. I can point fingers at that little chubby woman sitting back there. I can point fingers at my buddies. But I finally was able to forgive myself just like he had forgiven me. I got a friend, a man who I have great respect for, say to me one time, well, I got a problem with forgiveness without punishment. I can't wrap my head around it. I can't explain it to you. I can't tell you about the love of Christ or or explain to you how much Jesus loves us. I don't get it myself. Because when I look in that mirror, I'm not worth loving I wasn't worth saving. I wasn't worth dying for. I'm just an old truck driver. But that's the way it is with Jesus. He loves us enough to save us without punishing us. None of us deserve it. Way better than. Then we deserve way better. But I believe it with all my heart, and I think you should too. So if you are backslidden, remember this verse here, 1 John 1 9. We confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you are a backslidden, repent. Take it from somebody who knows. I run from it for years. And every time I run, I run right into a brick wall. It wasn't until six years ago when I first walked through the doors of that this church. And I realized how much Jesus loves me. He saved my life a hundred times. And you've heard me tell the stories. Jesus is waiting with open arms. He wants to save you, He wants to forgive you, He wants you to serve Him. He's paid it all. So He's waiting. He has done it for us. So I beg you to please surrender to Him. You know, it's a hard thing for a proud person to admit that there's nothing that they can do to get into heaven accept it, accept, accept Christ. Let us pray. Father in heaven, I thank you and praise you for this opportunity. Thou art a great and a mighty God. And I don't know why you chose me, Lord. I don't have any idea. But I hope and I pray, Lord, Lord, that you choose all my buddies that are just like me. You know, the ones that want to laugh at me and call me reverend and deacon or whatever. And I hope you choose those in our families. Not just me, Lord, but my brothers and sisters gathered here with us now. And Lord, thank you for Pastor Jason. Thank you for allowing me to join a club that I can't get kicked out of. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for bleeding for me. Thank you for dying. Father God, I pray that you be with all of our prayer requests. I pray that you receive glory and honor from this message, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that the word goes out and that someone gives their life or rededicates to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. amen. Sharon said we'd be out of here by ten thirty. Ha ten thirty-five.